Welcome back to the No Name Football Podcast. We brought you in with our former teammate, uh, Mike Brown. We've had him on before, man. Uh, one of the best football players that me and Jason McKee have ever had the pleasure of gracing the football field with. Yes. Uh, always got you going. Always got you hyped. Uh, one of the best teammates you could have. Uh, welcome back. No Name Football Podcast. I'm here as usual with my partner, a man who needs no introduction, as you guys know, the world over. Former Florida Offensive Player of the Year, state wrestling champ, weightlifting champ, Carmel Catholic head coach, my guy, Jason McKee. J-Mac, what's up, man? Man, good to be here. My favorite day of the week, man. Anytime I get to talk football with my guy, Brother O, future Hall of Famer, (laughs) six-time pro bowler, you better get it right. You better get him in. We got a couple guys that need to be in it all. You got Olin. I'm making a case now. You got Brother O. Starter two now. Starter. Starter. No all Ain't no such thing as all second second string. No, it meant something. Starter, starter the pro bowl. You, you got Briggs. We got Lack in there, but Olin, Briggs, Hester, Peanut. I, I was talking know, to somebody the other day, Jay, about just how good Brian Urlacher was. Man. Just, and if you talk about the, this this Chicago yeah. Bears team now, uh, uh, mm-hmm. of, of all the things they're missing, and we'll get into a bunch of things that happened this week. The Larry Ogan Joby fell physical, just, just came across Twitter. Uh, shocked to see that. But um, one of the things they're missing is a first ballot Hall of Fame football player. The guy, uh, mm-hmm. that kind of guy corrects a lot of things when he's in the building. Brian Urlacher was that guy. And not only that, but a great leader, a great teammate. We had Mike Brown brought us in. Uh, me and you can rave about guys like that mm-hmm. for hours. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to have on later one of our teammates, former teammates, a good friend of yours. I know a good friend of mine also, um, Alex Brown, will be on, play for Chicago Bears for eight years. Yeah. I had a hell of a career. We'll talk about him a little bit more later. We know he hates to talk about himself. <laughs> so when we bring him in, uh, we'll talk about him, uh, and he'll talk about the transition that these guys may be looking at, going mm-hmm. from, you know, he played for Coach Greg Blotch uh, when he first got drafted, more of a two-gap style, and you know, transitioned to Lovey. So he's been through that. So yeah. it'll be interesting to hear his thoughts there. J Mac, but want to start, man, with the Larry Ogan Joby news with you, yeah. J Mac. Uh, the Chicago Bears' big free agent signing, the three technique in the middle of that Tampa two defense. We all know how important that is. Uh, everybody kind of agreed it was a great signing because the way he played last year out of his three technique. Uh, what did you think? Your first thought when it came across Twitter that Larry Ogan Joby now has failed his physical yeah. and uh, the Bears will not be signing him. It was shocking because, you know, when they sign Ogan Joby, right, and you look at it and you say, well, who is that? You know, but you got to actually go back and watch the tape to see what he actually does and how he fits in the scheme and why uh, the Bears coveted him so much. And he's a guy, when we look at a three technique and a four three scheme in which Ibri Flus is trying to, trying to implement the same type of style that Lovey had you want a disruptor you want a guy that can play the run you want a guy that can command double teams and when you think of a three technique I think of obviously a guy that we know very well you think of a Tommy Harris you think of like a Warren Sapp guys that can that can get to the quarterback that can play the run that can be disruptors that can be you know a, a dog you know at that position and you have a guy in Ogun Joe who had a, who had a good motor you know uh, Paul said he raved about his leadership he said he embodied everything that the Bears wanted uh, in that position and and then, you know, you go out there and it's something that you can't see. You know, you, you have him take a physical and you're not expecting this guy to fail the physical and he fails a physical. And then that just, you know, alters your plan. Mm-hmm. And that's why you got to have a plan, because your plan A, which was at the three technique, which was Ogan Joby, that falls through. 
and your plan B. Who do you sign? They just signed uh, Justin Jones, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, defensive tackle from the Chargers. Um, a guy who's, uh, you know, they say he's a good run stopper. Um, they say he's a good athlete, a disruptor. And that's what you want in that three technique. But, you know, that's the importance of having, you know, a, a board, having a plan. Because you, you may you may even get your guy. You may think you're going to sign him. But, hey, that guy may fail his physical. We've seen this week a lot of guys have said they were going to sign with certain teams. And they've gone back and have changed their mind. So you never know what can happen. It's a crazy league and crazy things happen. But, you know, Ryan Poles had a plan and he got his, uh, the next guy in line. Yeah, and, and, and it's not a good start. For the Ryan Poles regime. And look, we're just getting started. Um, J-Mac, nobody's cheering for these guys more than me and you. We want to see them change this franchise around. uh, Get it back to winning football consistently, uh, which, you know, we did a little bit of J-Mac, but Mm -hmm. not a lot, right? Mm -hmm. And we talked a lot on this podcast about the problems of the franchise in general and that most of the Chicago Bears problems organization start at the top and but this is one of those things you say okay like you said like that's why you have physicals yeah but but it cannot keep happening to the same franchise J-Mac right it can't keep happening (laughs) to the guys over and over again before man like what is the problem up there And, and you don't if they if they had earned leeway, you'd give it to them, mm-hmm. but they haven't, right? So now, look, they they were in on Brian Allen, the center for the Rams. Mm-hmm. They didn't close that deal. Okay, um, I won't go into too much of the details. I know out of respect for the people that I know, right? For okay? sure. But I've heard some things about the negotiation process and the way the Chicago Bears organization handled themselves through the process, right? And it's funny because I was thinking to myself, J Mac. George McCaskey says, take what I say with a grain of salt. He's kind of right because I don't tell everything I know about mm-hmm. what I know as it goes on <laughs> right. up there. Right? I tell about 70%, I tell right. about 30% of what I really that's because know. Because you care. Because I care. But anyway, so they, they end up with Lucas Patrick, who, tough football player, right? Mm-hmm. But they wanted Brian Allen. Okay. Same thing with the Larry Ogan Joby signing. They wanted Larry Ogan Joby for whatever the reasons. They end up with Justin Jones. Mm-hmm. Right. So they, so, Twice now, they end up with the the second guy that they wanted, this new regime, okay? So you start to wonder, man, uh, these guys, like, do they know what they're doing? Like, my question for Ryan Paul is, I have two simple questions for him. Did you do your homework on Larry Ogunjobi? Did you, he got injured at the end of the year? Did you call around? Did you call your contacts in Cincinnati? Did you reach out to a doctor there to ask them? What's this guy's foot look like, man? Like, like before I offered this guy forty million, I got boots on the ground in Cincinnati. I think I, I don't know. I I don't really know how that whole process goes on, mm-hmm. uh, J Mac. But I'm sure these guys are doing their homework. Yeah, I just yeah. wonder how. I'm just wondering how it happens, right? I, and I know it does. We all know right. this stuff. Uh, uh, my, my good friend of mine, Roberto Garza, got signed by the Baltimore Ravens in two. I forget what year it was. We got him in two thousand four. So two thousand four, Ended up, he had no ACL. Yep. So then he, they failed his physical. He came here. He knew Chris ba- Chris Ballard had coached him at Kingsville. Yep. So we got so so these things happen, right? Um, it seems to happen to bad franchises, right? It seems to happen to guys who don't win a lot of games. And I just, it's just not a good start, right? It's not a good start. Uh, and then I see online that that they're not making Ryan Pose available to talk about it. Like, you have to get in front yeah. of that microphone, man. You gotta, we got to hear about why you traded Khalil Mack for a second-round pick. Right. We got to hear about why you thought that was a good idea. We got to hear about what happened with Larry Ogan Joby. Like, you got to stand in front of the organization. Yeah. But I, I, So I'd ask him a couple of things. Hey, man, first of all, that. Well, how did we get here with Ogan Joby? Because 
if he explains and says, look, we checked everything, man. It just, yeah. you know, it just, anyway, that's one. Two, who's doing your contract negotiations, right? Who's actually negotiating the contracts for the Chicago Bears? Mm. I'm going to ask him that question. And then I want to ask him, the last one is this. Are you the final say on how much money gets offered for the guys? Are you the final say? Because if not, then you're not in charge of football. Right. If you're not in charge of how much money goes to each player, here's the fucking point. You're not in charge of football, right? Yep. yep. So these are questions that need to get answered by the Chicago Bears organization. When something like this goes down, someone needs to stand in front of you and say, look, we're all right here. This stuff, like you just said, it happens. Yep. And, and we can all understand that. But there's also the side of you haven't won a playoff game since 2010. You've, run, you've won one since 2007. We all know these stats. We've laid them out on this podcast many a times, Jay. We've gone over it over and over and over again, almost to like we're blue in the face. I just eventually, man, like this stuff has got to stop. Yeah. Right? This, it, it eventually, it's got to, it, it's got to like, either you're doing things the right way or you're doing things the wrong way. Yeah, and it's like like going back to what you said, it makes perfectly good sense when, when something good happens, right? They're all in front of the camera, press conference. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. they're commenting on this. I mean, he was even commenting on the guys who we signed thanking their agents, thanking mm-hmm. the agencies. But now something goes wrong, hey, you're nowhere to be found. And it makes you wonder, you know, going back to what you said, Brother O, is somebody saying, hey, you're not allowed to talk about it. If you're not allowed to talk about it, you're not in control. You're not in command because, hey, you got it's your it's your team. You know, you're you're the you're the architect. You got to stand in there and you got to face the media and say, hey, you know what? We made a mistake. We didn't we didn't look at his most recent physical. We didn't talk to his physical therapist. We didn't check to see how his rehab was going before we offered him that forty million dollar contract. Mm-hmm. And if you're not checking off all the boxes. Regardless of what your plan is, mm-hmm. you haven't done your homework, like you said, brother. Though. Yeah, You're failing just, the test. You know, I, just, I, I guess um, you you know what happens is disappointing. Th- those questions I laid out earlier, um, I would like answers to those. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just just so um, eventually, like like I think J Mac eventually for guys in our position. Um, we got to start holding these people in charge, the Ted Phillips, the George McCaskies, the Scott Hagels. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I hear Cliff Stein might be in a spot of negotiation again. I hear he might be in a spot where he's negotiating contracts. And these guys, holding them accountable. So they get this organization back, not back, get these organizations to winning football consistently for the first time yeah. since they've been in charge up there. Yeah. Right, so um, gee, I, I think that challenging them, asking them these questions, making them answer them. Uh, how does Larry Ogunjobi? Uh, how do you pinpoint him, knowing that he he got hurt at the end of the year, and then all of a sudden he fails his physical, and you end up? I don't want to say you end up because I got to scout this guy a little more. Yeah, but you end up signing Justin Jones. Uh, what happened with Brian? I want to ask. Uh, uh, I know you guys wanted Brian Allen, Ryan. What happened? Yeah. Right. What happened with Brian Allen? And that doesn't mean like this guy doesn't have a good plan. It doesn't mean that this thing ain't going to work. It doesn't mean that he's not doing maybe doing this the right way where um, they got to get their salary cap back in order. What Ryan Pace did with the salary cap, what Ryan Pace did trading away a bunch of picks. Like me, I don't know about you. I won't speak for you, but I didn't like that either. Mm -hmm. You know, I just felt like you were mortgaging the future. And here we are. The the future got mortgaged. Uh, You got to give Ryan Pose a couple years because he was handed a bad deck of cards, right? He's got to turn this around, get his guys in the building, uh, uh, straighten out his salary cap issue, right? Because uh, they have a bunch of salary cap next year. So this year is kind of like a a, a clean house, right? You got a clean house. Yeah, you you got to turn things back around, get it moving in the yeah. right direction. And there's a reason uh, Ryan Pace and Coach Nagy got fired. So uh, get it moving back that way. Uh, a couple more guys, uh, Jay Mack. Um, 
uh, Lucas Patrick. Mm-hmm. They signed Lucas Patrick. Talked about him a little bit. Uh, wondering what you think about him. And then Nicholas Morrow, uh, the linebacker. Those two guys. What did you think about those two signings? Yeah, I mean, like you said, I'm going to go with Nicholas Morrow now. And looking at him, he's a guy who missed all of last year with ankle injury. So that goes back, you know, in line with Ogan Joe. And I don't know Nicholas. He obviously passes physical. That's why he's here. But he's a guy who's a year removed from football. You know, he's a guy who I think can fit in that scheme because he's athletic, he's instinctive, he can make tackles, and that's what you want from your linebackers in a 4-3 scheme, but he's a guy who's been a year removed from football. So what type of, you know, how is he going to come back? So that's an unknown right there. You mm-hmm. you lose Danny Trevathan, but you bring in a Nicholas Moreau. And like you said, brother, Lucas Patrick, you know, I, I was, uh, you know, I thought they'd make a, 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 a have a bigger name mm-hmm. in terms of offensive linemen of who they would bring in. Uh, but you said, obviously, the guy does have some ability. Um, I think you need to bring in some more offensive linemen. You know, we yeah. need a left tackle. <laughs> you know, and he went bad. So, you know, the more linemen you have, the better. I mean, like like we always say, brother, the offensive defensive line is the heartbeat of the team, so you can't have enough of the, of good players at the at those at both sides of the ball mm-hmm. in terms of those positions. So it's good to see them bring that guy in. I want to see them make some more noise at that position. A uh, receiver. We need a receiver. Uh, they brought in Equimanius St. Brown. Did okay. I say his name right? No, I, I mean, I, I, I've been I butchering it too, yeah. but, but we'll learn it. I anyway, St. Brown. And listen, much respect to anybody playing in the yeah. NFL. We're not. For sure. But listen, he's got, you, all you got to do, right. if you hear it, just tell us how to say it. We'll say, say, yeah, e. we'll St. Right. Brown, I'll say it that way. I don't want to offend <laughs> yeah. the guy. E. St. Yeah. Brown. But, you know, another guy who's been with four seasons with the Packers, uh, mainly a, a, a backup. But, you know, he does have some ability, did make some plays. You know, he's not a guy who you're going to pair on the other side of Darnell Mooney. So we still need to answer that that uh, that void as well in terms of the receiver position or just an explosive offensive player in general. And, you know, we'll have Alex Brown on here later on in the show. And like our buddy A.B. always says, what did he say, brother? 88 out the gate. 88 out the gate. You need somebody that can get that ball. And, and, and you know, maybe it's, it should be a five-yard game, but he can make it, you know, an 88-yard gain or 80-yard explosive play. So we still need some, some of those type of players on offense so a lot of question marks that have to be answered and figured out by Ryan Poles and that regime up there at Hallis Hall yeah and, and they came in to be fair to them with a lot of question marks right like this isn't uh, for me, this isn't a Ryan Poles, Ian Cunningham, Coach Eberflus thing. Mm-hmm. For me, this is a Chicago Bears organizational thing and why does it continuously happen to you guys? But uh, I was just thinking about J-Mac, while you were talking about uh, St. Brown and Lucas Patrick, I was thinking, man, I, I, I was so disappointed because uh, that TE, and for the listeners who don't know, is, is a tackle end game on defense mm-hmm. where the defensive tackle penetrates, picks yep. the tackle, and the end comes underneath Man, I was thinking about um, Ogan Joby and Quinn oh, man. running that ET. I thought it was going to be. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, they, I, I was excited for yeah, that, you know. Yeah. But obviously, uh, that that won't happen. I, well, for, you know what? It'll be uh, Jones and Quinn. Yeah, like, 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 I want to say this, man. Like for a guy like Ogan Joby, like he signed that big contract he man. worked so hard oh, for, and, and he must be feeling it right now. And I hope that that Definitely. whatever he's got, that leg, whatever he's got, I hope he gets that damn thing rehab. He finds good doctors, good re because yeah. obviously someone screwed it up. Yes, somewhere, somewhere screwed up his rehab, uh, screwed up something happened. Right where he thought he was healthy, but he wasn't. Uh, so I hope he gets that fixed because he's a good player who deserves yeah. to get paid the contract that he got. So anyway, yeah. uh, de- definitely want to say that. As far as Lucas Patrick goes, um, J Mac, I-, I-, I like the signing. Uh, tough guy, not overly athletic guy, right? Uh, a guy that um, the the Packers had uh, Corey Lindsley, who the Chargers signed for their starting center, give him a really good contract. Uh, Brandon Staley, Joe Lombardi down there in San Diego signed him. 
And then they draft the Packers did. They drafted Josh Myers, I think, out of Ohio State to be their center. Mm-hmm. So then he got injured actually against the Bears. Josh Myers did as a rookie. So he started as a rookie. So the Packers never really had Lucas Patrick slated as their starting center until they got these injuries or um, the Chargers traded for Corey Lindsley. Uh, not an incredibly athletic guy. Like I said, you'll find him on the ground sometimes. Uh, but everything they say about him is true when you watch the film. A uh, tough fighter, gets after people. Pro's pro. Seems to know his job. Right. Um a guy I talked to who knows him called, called him a dirt dog. That's what it looks like on film. Like he's getting after mm-hmm. guys. It's just so hard. We talked about this with uh, your uh, assistant coach, Adam Hogue, the other day on the CHGO podcast we do on, on – um, they're doing it every day of the week. Make sure you guys uh, download that podcast. Check them out. Uh, Nicholas Moreno's on there. Will DeWitt uh, on the Chicago CHGO Bears podcast. Um, I told them the other day, talking to them, Jay, that – it's always hard to project a guy that's playing with Aaron Rodgers, David Bakhtiari, Devontae Adams into another scheme, mm. right? Because the margin for error is so big there. By yeah. that I mean, yeah. uh, they're not gonna they're not gonna blitz the hell out of Aaron Rodgers. Whenever you run, whenever the Packers run block, nobody's playing the run. They're all trying to stop Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, right? So. Um, Obviously, Devontae Adams is traded to Raiders, gets a big bag of money. Mm-hmm. Just want to borrow. Just want to egg McMuffin <laughs> and orange juice, Devontae. <laughs> right. A couple of donuts, yeah. some coffee, that, that, something. We got to talk about that. That was an interesting trade. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. Um, so projecting him to all of a sudden now he's playing with a quarterback in his second year. I know Luke Getze knows him, but it's just always a little different. I, I remember going out to New Orleans and like lining up the first play and being like, where the hell is everybody? Because everybody's playing the pass. Mm-hmm. Right? But when you play for the Bears, gosh, every play looks like goal line. Right? Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> um, don't mind the Lucas Patrick signing. Don't think he's the guy who fixes your offensive line problems. Still hope they're in on Teron Armstead. Uh, Teron Armstead obviously has never played 16 games in his NFL career, but if a guy who's top two or three left tackles in the league can give you 10 or 11 games, J-Mac, I'll take him. I'll take him because he can play on an island. Um, by that, I mean uh, he's like like a good left tackle is like a good cornerback. You can put him on an island and put all your, your protection somewhere else. That's how good Teron Armstead is, and he changes your whole offensive line. So ho- hopefully something like that's coming. Yeah, I hopefully. don't know uh, uh, what the plan is. Uh, they, like we talked about, they got to rebuild this thing from the ground up. But uh, like Luke's practice, another guy, they signed J-Mac, uh, Byron Pringle. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think like a speed guy from the Kansas City. Chiefs, uh, what do you think about that signing? Yeah, I mean, it's the same thing. I think it, with with same thing you're saying in the lines of with him is like Lucas Patrick, right? You've got all these great receivers over there in Kansas City. You know, you've got Kelsey. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got um, all these guys that's commanding. You know, so much attention. You know, you sprinkle in a Pringle, and you know he's going to get some catches and stuff like that. Is he a guy that can come in and? and and be a number two, I don't think so. Is he a number three? You know, possibly. Athletic guy who, who who made some splash plays in Kansas City, but you've got a great quarterback there as well. And you've got Ooh. a great play caller there as well. Making 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 your job easier and putting you in a position to make plays, putting you in a position to get paid like you just did. So, you know, I know Poles is real familiar with him from his time in Kansas City, so I think he's a guy you know, who feels and come in and has some ability to make plays. But, you know, at the end of the day – 
we're still waiting for that splash signing. <laughs> I mean, they re-signed Patrick Scales. Long snapper Patrick Scales re-signed. Yeah, and I saw you put that on Twitter. At the end of the day, yeah, you know, it's important. Sorry, Pat. It's important. Patrick Manley. You know, and we'll go back. Lucas no, Patrick, he's a Duke guy. We signed him, so no. kudos to Duke. But, damn, we need something. We need something, something man. man. Something. Something to make us say, ah, they're uh, trying to get it together. To get it together. Like, I'm, you know, but, something. But, you know, they got to have a big draft. Yeah, they got they to. got to hit on their first draft, and that's kind of where it's they'll be so judged. Many needs. Although the Rams, they do it a totally different way. But uh, so many needs, man. so many needs, so many places they have to rebuild this team. Not a good start for this regime uh, with their first free agent signing failing a physical. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you got to credit the Bears doctors a little bit for finding it for 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 doing the physical right. uh, the right way. Uh, what do you think about that? Devonte Adams trade. Man, I was happy. Yeah, but, but <laughs> I was, I was thinking he when was they got happy, those two but... ones. Okay, so yeah, uh, uh, Devonte Adams. Devonte Adams wants to play with Derek Carr and not Aaron Rodgers. Uh, whatever, bro. I mean, Devonte, you got you to do what you got to do. Devonte right? wanted to get paid, and he right. deserves to get paid. I mean, he deserves to okay, get paid. So this is what I was thinking about with those extra picks. Okay, if you're the Green Bay Packers, mm-hmm. do you try to trade for Mike Evans? DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett. I'm going after. I'm probably going after either Mike Evans or DK. Yeah, like see Lockett. I like Lockett, and Lockett Lockett has like you know the flashes, big games, but injury history with Lockett. You know what I'm saying? Injury history. DK, I still feel is like. He's still up and coming. You know, he's just a dog. And we obviously, you know, we know oh, Matt. We're big, we're big we know DK Metcalf. Say, bro. Say, bro. Say, bro. You know, shout out to Terrence Metcalf, DK Metcalf's dad. That's pretty good you right know? there, yeah, man. Say, bro. You know, Matt's our yeah. guy, man. Yeah. Oh, man. And, 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 and good you man. know, DK, um, you know, I just feel like, you know, Mike Evans, I don't, you know, I don't know. You know, you know, I know Tom Brady wants him back. I know there's got Godwin uh, down there as well, and now Gronkowski talking about coming back there with Tom Brady. Back Ru- Russell Gage too, right? Three yeah, yeah, years, thirty million. Russell so Gage. they so they signed Godwin. Yeah, Russell Gage. So yeah, I'm thinking Mike Evans. Yeah, he might be so, the odd man. So out. here's my biggest worry about the Packers, right? Because because they have a plan. If Aaron Rodgers re-signed a new Devontae, anyway, they get two ones. Mm-hmm. My worry is they get a DK Metcalf or Mike Evans, and then they draft a receiver in the first round. That that's my worry. Like they may lose Devonte Adams, right. but get better because they get now they get a healthy Bakhtiari back this year. Yep. If they can if they can trade for one of these receivers and get a young guy out there, yeah, and and you got Marquez Valdez Scantling, who they yeah. they'll probably be back. So yeah. I mean, I mean, you're not going to replicate. I don't think you can replicate the production that Devonte Adams has. Uh-huh. But it's going to be interesting to see. You know. Can Aaron Rod is Aaron? I mean, we know he's a multiplier, but what type of multiplier is he going to be without his main man, Devontae Adams? It's going to be interesting to see how good Devontae Adams is without Aaron Rodgers. That is that. That's Devontae runs amazing footwork, amazing routes, right, but amazing. I mean, yeah, you're right. Derek Carr and Derek Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. I mean, I, I like Derek Carr's game, but I mean, it's as much as I hate to give him credit, it's Aaron Rodgers. They signed Devontae Adams went out and got Chandler Jones, and it's funny because you keep saying to yourself, "Yeah, we still got Derek Carr." Right, like you yeah. keep thinking, like you're not going to get over the hump. You see, that's obviously hypothetically Deshaun Watson. If he's, if he's, you know, if everything, if if everything checks out with him, mm-hmm. right? Um, I know he's not going to get criminal charges, but there's still 22 women accusing him. So you got to check that all out. If he is available, like like the Falcons are going to, and the Saints are trying to trade everything for him. Yeah, like that's why guys do that because franchise quarterbacks. They don't grow on trees, man. There's like three or four or five. Yeah. Like he had uh, 33 touchdowns and seven interceptions the last time he played. He threw for 4,300 yards. 
I mean, those are numbers now. Yeah. Those, yeah, that's a guy. So uh, it, it's interesting that uh, the AFC West, J-Mang, I mean, got some guys, uh, the Chargers, <laughs> the Chargers guys. defense now has Khalil Mack, <laughs> J.C. Jackson, and yeah. Bosa. Yeah. And they said sign uh, Sebastian Joseph Day to play inside. Good luck, man. They're trying to win. Good luck with Staley they're calling the win, defensive man. plays. and Yeah, they're trying to win on Herbert's rookie contract. They're yeah. trying to get before they got to pay their quarterback. Yeah. And, and then they resigned Mike Williams, right? They, they got, yeah. they got man. They're they, trying they to win now. A guy who's, people say, he's top five left tackles. Uh, Slater from Northwestern last year. He's paid a hell, you know. He's a beast. We just talked about giving Corey Lindsley money. You got Mahomes in that division. Kelsey, Tyreek Hill. We talked about the Raiders. Yeah. Well, you, you look at it, the Chargers, too, and they're looking at, you know, their 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 counterparts, the Rams, right? Right. And what the Rams did in the offseason, right? You brought out all those guys. You go on a Super Bowl run. You win the Super Bowl. They're like, hey, we need it now. It's about winning right now. And that's what they're doing. They're signing guys that fit their scheme, guys that can make plays for them. And regardless of the price tag, they're trying to win right now because that's what it's about. You know, getting to the Super Bowl now, yes, yeah, some teams are in, a, are in a point in their career, an important, in a point of the organization where they have to wait and rebuild like we are here in Chicago. Mm-hmm. But the Chargers, they're trying to win right now. They know they right. got a franchise quarterback. They know they got some offensive weapons. And now we got to solidify the defense. And they feel if they get that defense right, which seems like they have, mm. they have an opportunity to be in that Super Bowl hunt, which they do. And, and one thing I want to, one thing I was looking at this week is how, you know, you look at the Browns, right? So you bring in, you bring in Deshaun Watson, right? And you, you tell Baker Mayfield, right. we don't want you back. Right. And then Deshaun says, Hey, you know, basically his, his camp says, you know, the Browns are out of the running for me. I don't want to go there. And, yeah. what you, and are you going to ask Baker to come back? No, you got to have another plan at quarterback. Like Baker's not coming back. Right. We talked about this the other day on the CHGO podcast. I was like, he, Baker, and then immediately he asked for a trade. And yeah. I was like, yeah. I said, if you think that Baker is going to take that, then you don't know an NFL football player. Mm-hmm. You don't know the ego on these quarterbacks. These yeah. guys all think they're the best. And, and then if you go back to the uh, AFC West, uh, J. Mack, Randy Gregory, DT, DJ Jones, and Russell Wilson are headed to the Broncos. I mean, mm. this division, you could watch every game, yes. man. Uh, now, uh, Russell Wilson and, and Mahomes uh, uh, D- and, and Herbert are all in the same division. With weapons. With weapons, right? With weapons. And then, um, who did... Uh, who got Von Miller for, or the Bills? Yeah, got Von Miller, 120 million. And you know, the Bills said we lost in the divisional round because we couldn't rush the pass. Yeah. So we got to find ourselves a pass rush. Anyway, uh, you know what I feel like the Bears are, J-Map? I feel like, you know when you uh, land at O'Hare and you're stuck in a holding pattern and you're wondering, when the hell are we going to get to the gate? <laughs> That's what I feel like. I'm on the Bear, I'm on the Chicago Bears flight right now. And they're like, boom. Uh, sorry about that. The gate, our, our gate, our gate oh, is not man. open yet. Yeah. Our gate is not open yet and we're just going to sit here. You know, you know you know, you sit on that runway yeah. for one hour and you got six kids and you're like, man, I got to get off this plane. And the, the pilot keeps going, uh, sorry about the wait. Uh, we will be in the gate as soon as possible. That's yeah, what I feel the like. Bears is like right now. I mean, like you have to, you have to, you have the blackjack table right now, right? You see, you need playing with all your boys, brother. And I'm looking over, brother. I was getting, he's getting 21. And, you know, I'm looking to my right. T Jones has got 19 and I'm sitting there. Someone's and, hitting on 16. In every hand, I'm hey. getting 16. Hey. You know, I'm like, man, the, I can't, the, like, I want to. The, the dealer's showing a five and someone's hitting on 16. Right, like, right. Bro, don't hit, what, what, and it gets a king. You're like, hey, man. Right. That was the dealer's. Right. Or, or I'm getting, or I'm getting 16 and I want to up my bet. 
bet, but yeah. the dealer's showing a, uh, you know, uh, he's showing a face card, oh, and I'm man. like, I'm, I want to up my bet, but I can't. I can't. That's what it seems like right now with the yeah. Bears, because you see all you guys, they're eating. You know, the Chargers making yeah. splashes of free agency, the Broncos, everybody is, but we're we're not. You know, I mean, no disrespect, we're resigning Patrick uh-huh. Scales. Right, and, and it just, it just, you know, uh, uh, we'll leave our podcast with this piece of advice for Ryan Posey and Cunningham, and who, they'll never listen. But who cares? We'll leave it for them anyway. They listen. Hey, make sure you're the ones in charge. Yes. Take nothing less. Take nothing less. We put our trust in you two guys, but the rest of the people up there, no, don't listen to them. <laughs> You're going to get yourself fired. Hey, Ryan. Hey, go get the door for me. Thanks. <laughs> That's what's going on right now. Hey, Ryan. Hey, hey go give me a napkin. Thanks. Uh, well, we're going to get to our teammate here, Alex Brown. <laughs> Looking for a taste of the islands? Look no further than No Foods. That's NOH Foods of Hawaii. No Foods was developed to reflect the many international cultures and races of the islands. Hawaiian, Japanese, Chinese, Korean, Portuguese, Filipino, and more. Known for the wide variety of delicious seasoning and sauces. The products of No Foods can make anyone a master chef in their own kitchen. Easy to prepare and delicious in flavor are the hallmarks of No Foods. Again, that's NOH of Hawaii. This is like Chinese beef broccoli, Korean barbecue, Filipino adobo, Hawaiian Kahlua pork, and many, many more. Don't forget about the refreshing and very popular Hawaiian iced tea, sweetened with raw cane sugar and just the right touch of lemon. You can find NOH Foods online at Amazon.com and NOHfoods.com. Also, in many stores and supermarkets. As we say in the islands, say yes to no. Aloha. Brother O, coming to the show. Mm-hmm. We got one of our guys, a guy we played ball with for a long time. A guy that's known in Chicagoland. Uh, he's your co-host on the NBC Football After Show. Mm-hmm. But let me give him the proper oh, introduction. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go, Olin. Mm-hmm. Get the air. A man get, who needs no introduction to the, the world. Get the air tank ready. Here we go. Here we go. Alex Brown. Mm. High school All-American, but also a state champion in the discus. Quarterback. Quarterback. Two-time first-team All-American, three-time first-team All-SEC, SEC Defensive Player of the Year in 2001, University of Florida Hall of Fame, nine-year NFL vet, fourth-round draft pick, 2005 Pro Bowl alternate. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. My guy, your guy, Mr. Alex Brown. Could I throw in? Yeah, what I missed. 2018. Florida Georgia game Hall of Fame. Oh, forgot. Oh yeah, oh yeah. This, the this Hall of Fame is important now. He got a lot of Hall of Fames now. He did. Amen. Nine they years. Doing. Nine years in the NFL. Man. Yeah, man. Uh, seven times played all sixteen games. Yeah. AB man, how you doing? I'm great, man. I'm great. I love that intro. I love it. Man, I wish I could record that and just replay that. We, we got it every day. Hey, Alex. But well, here's the thing, though. Um, it's all true. Right, yeah. I mean uh, right. that that is exactly. uh, uh, a lot of accomplishments, man. And, and I kind of want to start there, Alex. I mean, I know we'll get into the Bears, and I'm, I'm sure you follow today's news and and, mm-hmm. and, and uh, so yep. switch to Eberflus and all that kind of stuff. But I uh, want to start back at high school and, and where uh, that hard work and that mentality that, that me and J Mac honestly are really familiar with. But where that came from, and and who were some of the mentors in your life that 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 took you to this point. 
wow. Oh, my goodness. Okay, just so everybody listening know, mm. this isn't like we didn't prepare this. Like, I didn't, I, I'm <laughs> blown with this question right here. I'm like, whoa. Because I thought it was like, okay, um, my my pop, man, my pop uh, mm-hmm. worked at a phosphate company for 40 years. He was a, it, the short shift was 12 hours. So he'd work a lot of 16 hour days. And I, I grew up on a farm. So waking up at 530 in the morning was nothing. It was just like, that's what we did. You wake up, you feed up. And if you don't, well, you don't go to practice. So you make sure you get up and you do it. So you can't go to practice because if you did, if you didn't feed up um, and you went to practice, mom knows going to get after you. So back in the time where they slapped the hell out of you and it was okay. <laughs> so, so yes. So, but that's, that's kind of where um, I got four brothers. So it's kind of where the just hard work um, came in at and, um, me working at a logistics company. Now I get that question a lot. Like, what, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know how to sit down. I don't know. Well, you played almost 10 years in the NFL. Yeah, I get that. But I don't know how to stop. When mm. I stop, I don't know, man. I, I'm going to be old and can't do anything. Mm. But while I still can, I just continue to work, man. So growing up in a small town, White Springs, Florida, is uh, uh, 800 people in the town. And that's all we know. You just work. And if you get an opportunity, you take full advantage of it. And I was able to do that uh, with a lot of really good people around me. Um, my dad probably being um, first and foremost, uh, just I want to be like my dad. And that all started with working working your tail off. Hey, B, I want to t- talk about high school. So Hamilton County mm-hmm. High School, mm-hmm. you ran, yeah. you did track, <laughs> football, and basketball. Mm-hmm. Talk about yeah. how being a multi-sport athlete helped you have success throughout your NFL career. Oh man, um, it was, I think it helped me round my game, um, in football because I played quarterback and played linebacker and being able to do both, people thought it was crazy. But then track came around, I'm running the hurdles, I'm throwing the discus, I'm running the 400, I'm anchoring on the four by four team, and it's just like, like, who is this guy? And then I go into then basketball season, um, I'm still, and I, I'm going to pump myself up a little bit here, but um, still the only guy to go through our district and win MVP in track, football, and basketball in the same year. Mm. Oh, so wow. it mm. was pretty crazy just being able to, I don't know, have the athleticism to actually do it, but the track obviously helped my speed in football, um, helped me learn how to get off the rock. And I mean, it worked great for – um, being a defensive end in the NFL, but the truth be told, I never got a sack in high school. Not mm. one. I played linebacker. I mean, I didn't rush. So not getting a sack in high school to becoming an NFL defensive end where that is my job was kind of weird. Um, only one school wanted me to play quarterback, and that was Auburn. And they had uh, – I forget the guy's name that was at Auburn. You might remember him, J-Mac. Um, I – was it, was it Damian Craig? It definitely, yep. It was Damian Craig. Damian Craig. Mm-hmm. So Damian Craig played um, quarterback at Auburn, and my goal was to make it to the NFL. Like that's what I wanted to do. And I, I we didn't have many black quarterbacks in the NFL at that time. So I thought maybe okay, let's just play defense. I mean, I was the top defensive uh, linebacker coming out that year. So I was like, okay, let's. I think I can do it on defense. And that's what ended up me going to Florida as opposed to Auburn 
because I just didn't know if I would get that opportunity to play at the NFL level as a quarterback. Well, we're here on the No Name Football Podcast with our former former teammate, Alex Brown. Uh, you can find him on Twitter, at AlexBrown96. You can find him on Instagram, at 96ABrown. Now, Alex, me and J-Mac, we know well how much you hate talking about yourself, but... <laughs> oh, man. I, I wanted to ask you a, a little bit about, um, yeah, you know, about... The longevity you had in the NFL, Alex, and, you know, you played, uh, like we mentioned earlier, uh, 16 games seven times. Um, mm-hmm. Talk to the young, you know, you maybe young guys who want to make the NFL, even guys playing college or high school, about prepping your body for the season and what you, what kind of work you did to make sure you were there every day for the team. Um, I think it was a mindset that my parents kind of did, honestly, because uh, early on, so I didn't miss school. I missed one day of school from pre-K to through my senior year. One day of school. Uh, mm-hmm. You don't get sick. You don't. My, my parents were in this mode. Like you, you, you can't learn unless you're there. And we were there all the time. So, and then it became a competition to see if I can get five years in a row, six years in a row, seven years in a row. Now it's mm-hmm. it's all on me now. Now I just got to go to school. That's it. So. Um, I just didn't miss, and that just kind of carried over to when I got to the NFL. Um, it was I, – I didn't miss. I missed the first game of my career. We played Minnesota um, 2002 down in Champaign, and then I played every game after that. Like, for the rest of my career, I played every single game. Mm-hmm. Uh, was I hurt? Well, sure, you get nicked up, but, I mean, when you're – playing with guys like yourself and, and um, like you two, you don't get, you don't get in that, well, I'm hurt today or I can't perform today because I'm looking at what you go through or Olin goes through or what J-Mac goes through. And it's like, man, they, they pounding in the ball on the outside kind of, <laughs> it's not like that crazy hitting. I can't just not be there. And then like for the most part, a second string guy is second string for a reason. So I need to be there. If I'm first, mm-hmm. I need to be there because my team needs me. Don't don't um, let them see do that guy job. do your job, right, AB? Like, don't <laughs> ever do not let don't don't let him put on film what? that he can do your exactly. job. Yeah. Yes, because if he's better than me, you be there at practice every day because if that guy behind you is better than you. Coach, you never see them. Never see them. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Oh, man. Oh, man. Hey, B, I want to talk about, let's go back to Florida. So, so you accept the scholarship to the University of Florida yep. to play under the legendary, legendary Steve Spurrier. You get to Florida, and I'm looking at that linebacking core your freshman year. You've got Mike Peterson. You've got Javon Curse. And you've got Johnny Rutledge. Wait, AP is that AP's brother? AP's brother, Mike I didn't Peterson. Know that. Yeah, yeah, Mike geez. Peterson. He wore twenty nine at Florida too. He's, he in, really? he's in the Florida Hall of yeah. Fame with AB. Man. So AB, you get yeah. there right. You're you're the number one linebacker in the nation, and you get to, mm-hmm. you get to Florida, and you're in a room with all those guys who are college All Americans. You're a freshman. Talk about mm-hmm. what it was like, you know, being in that room with those guys, and what did you learn from those guys? Um, for for Mike and for Mike. And Johnny Rudd, I learned it's just being a technician and doing the stuff and how hard they played um, on a down-to-down basis. It was very hard to, to learn from Javon 
because he was just so gifted. It's like, I can't do that. Like I, mm-hmm. like I physically can't do what he does because I can't go around the block and then run the running back down from the, um, to the sideline. I, I can't do it. He's much faster than me. So he didn't necessarily have to be as technically sound, but how hard he played. That's what I learned from Javon. Well, the first day I get there, it's like, okay, I'm looking at Javon. He's 6'5", 260, and runs a 4'4". It's like, okay, if that's a linebacker, then I can't be a linebacker because I'm nothing <laughs> like that, right? So you start to get that realization of where you're really at as an athlete. Um, yeah, you feel like you're good, but we've all seen some players. You're like, God, no, like, that's something. He, he's pretty dang good. So – um, so I see that with Javon, but what I really when it when it hit me like how Javon plays and how hard he plays, we're playing Vanderbilt. Mm. We are up seventy two to nine. They had just scored a touchdown late in the game. Javon jumps over the center, gets clipped uh, like the snapper. At this time, you can jump over the. Yeah, you didn't have to not like uh, leave Pat Manley alone. You know, you didn't have to leave him alone and not touch him. So he jumps over and the guy stands up. Javon turns a flip in the air, lands on his back. Okay, listen to this. In a month and a half, you're about to be a top 15 pick. Mm. And this is how he played. It's just how he played. He was just 100 miles an hour all the time. And that's something I learned. This was my red shirt freshman year. So that is what something like I learned from Javon that I could take and add it to my um, arsenal, if you will. So, but uh, Jay Rutt played played the game hard. Um, wasn't as athletic as uh, as Javon. Mike P played, but he was a. It, if you look at all three of them and you say which one's just a football player, that's Mike P. Mm. Like he's just mm. he he may go and he might not test the best. But when you put him on the field, he's going to run. He's going to do the angles. He's going to make all the plays. Um, remind me a lot of, of honestly, like Briggs. Mm. Like you look at Briggs, like he's, when he runs, he's not the fastest at the 40. And you look at him, he's not the biggest guy. And you stand beside Erlach, you're like, well, he's, he's a small guy compared to Erlach. But when you put him on the football field, he knocks the fist out of you. <laughs> and he's going sideline to sideline. And that's like, that is just a football player. And that's what Mike P was. Mike P was my host. So when I went to when I went on my visit to Florida and I wasn't going. I was going to Miami. Mm. And then a kid got killed down in Miami mm. and my mom my mom was like, Nope, you're not going. So mm. that was my last visit. Everybody knew it. I I went to Auburn, I went to Florida State. Um I took an unofficial visit to North Carolina because Lawrence Taylor went there. Mm. And I'm a big fan of Lawrence Taylor, so I, I was tired of it. I was missing basketball games over the weekend, taking these visits. So, you know what? I'm going to just take my visit to Miami. And, like, that week, it was like, I was like, oh, man, okay. So, I can't go to Miami. My mom was like that. She's, once she said it, it was a done deal. Like, there was no turning back. Don't go ask her again. It's over. <laughs> so, once she said it, it was over. Yeah. So I called Florida, and they said, um, it was like, wait, you're not going to Miami? I was like, yeah, my mom said, yeah, we heard about what happened there. Um, yeah, that's so that's so terrible. You want to come? You want to come here? <laughs> like they're real quick, just like you want to you want to take your visit here this week. I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll take my visit, and it was six hours, man. It just felt like home. It was close. 
My brother walked on at University of Maryland, and we never got to see him play. So I wanted my little brother to actually be able to see me play. So it kind of just checked all the boxes, um, if you will, and that's where I ended up. So, mm. um, yeah. Well, two, two things from that. Uh, uh, you never question mom. And if no. you know, uh, <laughs> if you know the Peterson family and the bloodline at all, your ass better have two chin straps buckled up. Yes. <laughs> when you play sure. uh, one of the Peterson brothers. Hey, hey, AB, sure. before we get to uh, the current Chicago Bears and, and uh, just mm-hmm. how your time and talking about the trades, and I don't know if you saw today, I know you're in Georgia, but uh, Ogan Joby uh, failed his physical, yep. so uh, he's not signed with the Bears. But I wanted to ask you real quick before we get on to that, because uh, I know right now, you're just a, a dad at home like like me and Jay Mack and you're raising your kids and just kind of wondering how Antonio at Mercer Baseball is doing, Casey, Kalen, and Kennedy, how are all the kids doing? Man, everybody's doing well, man. Tony, is, uh, he started the last six games of the season. Mm. Um, and Not of the season, but the last, the past six games. They have a three-game uh, three series coming up starting today against USF down in Tampa. And he's batting over 400. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. They're 15 and two. Uh, they beaten the Florida State, who's ranked eighth. Georgia Tech, who's ranked 13. So they're doing well. They're having a really good awesome. year. He's having a, a very good year. Kaylin, uh, my 14 year old daughter, is doing great. She's killing the soccer team. JV, they're moving her up um, to play today. Uh, she's moving up in the game today to play varsity. So. It's really awesome, uh, Kennedy, and the little one. I don't know. She's probably running the house. She's probably. She's <laughs> <laughs> I know how that is, bro. Trust me, I know how that is. <laughs> that little one kills it, man. And the boss. Kate, yeah, the boss. She is the boss. Um, Kennedy, our middle girl, is. Uh, I had a conversation with her, like a real conversation with her, a uh, couple days ago. She does gymnastics. She's pretty good at it, and then she does soccer. She's pretty good at it. If you want to be really good. You need to go. Like, let's go with one of them because these are the, especially with gymnastics. These girls are all in every day, all day, all year long. It is hard to be a two sport athlete when we're talking about gymnastics in there, and she has to make a decision. So, having that conversation with a ten year old. Mm. Um, it's tough. Like, I'll be honest with you, bro, I and I don't mean to cut you off here, but <laughs> no, go ahead. My, my daughter, my daughter Grace, is in the volleyball, mm-hmm. and me and J Mac talked mm-hmm. about this a little bit, and I, I, I honestly think it's disgusting what they do to these young girls. How they make them choose yeah. a sport, yeah. and they got to play these club sports and travel, and um, mm-hmm. these girls that like. 12 are worried about scholarships you know what I mean like mm-hmm. someone has to step in and do something about about these club money making sports it's crazy I, I totally agree we took her off a ODP which is uh, Olympic Development League and in Atlanta we took her off that team because you're not getting anything from that you're, you're not getting anything from it and I'm paying 3500 bucks for you to go and you're going to every other game because they have so many girls there. Yeah, we ain't doing that. We're not we're not doing that. We we'll play high school and then we'll play your local club mm-hmm. because at the clubs is where and I spoke with three different schools at different levels. Mercer School, I spoke to um uh Georgia State which is right around Atlanta and mm-hmm. then I spoke to University of Florida um soccer coaches whether it was a head coach or assistant coaches, and they go to clubs to mm-hmm. see players. They don't go to high schools. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, and if you're the best, they're coming to the high school. Yeah. Like, I understand how they do it now, but so they can say they're not. Yeah, if you're, so if you're wrecking mm-hmm. shop. Think about what yeah. you're saying, though. You're talking to colleges <clears throat> because your, your daughter's 10. Right. Like, guys, let the girls be girls. Let them right, be young. Right. Let them enjoy high yeah. school. And they're not about middle school and yeah. fifth grade. And uh, one guy told me that, AP, to say, and we'll, we'll move on, AB, but one guy told me the same thing, J Mac. Like, oh, they come to see the club. And I go, oh, because they don't make video anymore, yo. Right. Like, get right. out of yep. here with your nonsense. You know what I mean? The money, like, man. It's the money. Anyway, the we'll money. move on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm glad your family's doing great, AB. Hey, this is a whole nother podcast. <laughs> right. No doubt. <laughs> A.B., I want to talk about, so the Bears failed to sign Ogan Joby. As we know, they're yeah. going to a 4-3 scheme, and we know the importance of playing that three technique. So what are your thoughts here? Tell tell the listeners, you know, what type of player you think the Bears need to fill that void at the three technique position in this new 4-3 scheme that, that Iberflus is going to implement? Oh, man, you, you need that. At the three technique, um, you need a player that oh, requires – um, more attention, not necessarily a double team, but that center needs to come his way every time. And when he doesn't, he's getting pressure on the quarterback. And that's what you need from that three technique disruption. Um, he doesn't have to get 10 sacks in a season if he does great, but you need disruption from that position and you need somebody that can get off the rock, that get up the field. Now, the the problem with Ogunjobi not signing is that Bilal Nichols is already gone because I thought he would fit well at that three technique if the Bears were to keep him. I thought that's what he did, not the how they had him playing um, in previous years. He's playing the nose where you look at his body type and then you look at an Eddie Goldman or you look at Hicks' body type. These are the guys that, that play that nose um, in that 3-4. But going to this 4-3, you need that quick guy in there. Tommy Harris. Tate Johnson, I mean, those are the guys that can get off the rock and cause disruption in the backfield. So you need that guy. Um, and it's more about talent when we're talking about the 4-3 because your front four has to beat their five. And that's hard. That's hard to do. So you need four guys. One guy is just going to turn down protection to him and they're going to try to take him away. But then other guys got to show up to have those one-on-ones. A.B., man, um, so your first year you get here, Greg Blotch is the defense coordinator. Um, I don't know the whole uh, scheme. I, th- I, th- I remember it being a two-gap scheme. Um, Rex, I think Rex Norris and Larry Brooks are your D-line coach. Uh, mm-hmm. Lovey comes in. Carl Dunbar becomes your D-line coach. Don, Anyway, yep. talk to the listener about something like Travis Gibson is going to go through in switching these schemes and, and what they're asking to do different. And some of the game that you came in, you try to develop your first two years, and then you had to maybe redevelop or change things to fit into this uh, cover two. You know, we all know that Eberflus learned under Marinelli. Uh, it's, you know, Lovey Smith, the same thing. You, you know, Rod Marinelli was here for a little while. Talk to us a little bit about the transition the D-line is going to go through. The transition, what they're going from um, in this transition, it's going to be, it'll be a lot smoother for for Gibson. It'll be a lot smoother um, for, oh, man. Roquan might have to lose a little bit. he have to lose behind eight, ten pounds. Mm-hmm. But it's just going to come with all the running. Uh, they're going to run a ton. When when the ball's up in the air, you got to turn and go. Uh you play three plays as hard as you can and get off the field. 
our transition, so you mentioned Greg Blige. Well, I came in at 250. I was drafted at 250. And by the time Greg Blossom left, I was 283. Hmm. So I had to gain so much weight. And then I remember one day going upstairs uh, and Jerry Angelo asked me, Oh, what happened to all that quickness you had at Florida? Hell, it left when you made me gay. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't want to be here anymore. Oh, like, <laughs> but then when Lovey came, but one thing I learned back then like with that system was how to play the run. If you remember, like at Florida, we were up 21 nothing in the first quarter. There was no plan to run. It was just rush the quarterback. Mm-hmm. So when I got here, I had no idea truly how to play the run. I, I had only played defensive end for three years. In college, so it was like, okay, um, you got to play the run. And in Greg Block's system, it was more get your hands on that tackle and let 54 run. 54 would make Erlacher, he'd make all the tackles. He'd have 180, 200 tackles. But, I mean, it's just when everybody else is going to make plays and it's 4-3, you start to lose guys like Keith Trailer and you lose um, Ted Washington. The defensive ends aren't Brian Robinson and Philip Daniels. It's now Myself and Adewale Agunlier, who at max, we're 258, 260. Mm. So now you got much smaller guys that can get up the field and penetrate those gaps. And now it's like, okay, more guys can make plays. But you have to run to the football. I posted a, um, this one clip. Uh, we we played uh, Minnesota, and Travis Taylor caught a ball in the flat. Mm-hmm. Ten of the 11 guys on defense hit him. That is the defense. Mm-hmm. That is how this defense is played. And you have to be hair on fire, running to the ball every single time. If not, then you're not going to get the production that you want from this type of defense. But I love it. I love this defense. It's not trick them. They know what we're running. You got two high safety, they know. You got a one high safety, they, they know. They got an idea of what we're in. Now it's about us beating the one-on-one um the the game within the game. So those little one-on-one games within the game of football that we're playing, you have to beat those. If you can't beat them, then you're going to lose and lose bad in this type of defense. Yeah, you be going back. I know you're talking about that clip in, in versus, uh, mm-hmm. versus Minnesota, and tell the listeners about you know how you guys practice. We know Ibrflus is talking about the hits principle, yep. and he keeps talking about it. Um, and a lot of people out there are wondering how that's going to be implemented, and how do you actually practice for that? Uh, you guys did that on a daily basis. Me and brother on the offensive side of the ball, you know, we experienced that a lot. You know, you got peanut mm-hmm. punching the ball out when we're in the huddle, <laughs> all kind of things. But tell the listeners, you know, how you guys were. Exp- to the practice under Lovey Smith. You practice how you play. So if you're gonna if you're gonna play at 100 miles an hour, then you go practice that way. And if y'all, I don't know, during practice when it was always, I mean, just so the, the listeners understand and follow me here. During practice, the first team, oh, we did have a segment where first team went against first team, but for the most part, first team will go against second team, and then the second team, oh, will go against first team. And during the first team, oh, when they're out there, you have myself, Wale, Tommy. We're on the side, Tank. We're on the side. We're running gases. So we're tired when we mm-hmm. come over. And you can you get that feeling of, okay, we're in eight, nine, ten plays, mm-hmm. ten play drives. Now you can still go or you just you run out of gas. You see where your body's at. It is pushing the limit all the time. There's this one, one day at practice, um, Coach Smith, um, at practice, Coach Smith comes over to me 
He's like, Alex, you remember that play um, that we had in this game? I was like, yes, sir. He's like, you were outside. You had your gap. Like, I got my gap. I'm in the C gap. But Lance is playing. He has the B gap. The B gap is right inside that tackle. I'm on the outside of that tackle. And he said, you know what could help us take this defense to the next level? Is if you close, instead of just holding there with that tackle, what if you close that gap off? Now there's no gap. Now we have you there in your gap. There's no B gap. Now we have one of our one of our best players that can roam and go. So it just it's little things like that, understanding that you can always do a little bit more to help this defense. And when everybody's doing that, you you can really be one of the top defenses in the league like we were in that 2005-2006 um in that time we're we're pretty good man we had a lot of really good players <laughs> yeah. but 54 54 was kind of the machine that made everything run you know mm-hmm. he was that guy so but at practice it was always get the ball out it was always everything was a fumble you throw a ball you throw a slant pattern and the ball hits the ground it's incomplete to most people not to coach smith it was pick it up act as if it's a fumble. So in the game, when it is a fumble, you're picking it up. When Let the ref make the call. You let the ref make the call. You pick it up as if it's a fumble. If he allows you to go, you go. But it helps when you get in situations like the Arizona game and Brian pulls a, he, he pulls the ball out from Adrian James. It's immediately scooped up by Peanut taken to the house. Or you get Mark Anderson hitting the quarterback in the back of the head and on the second hop, Mike Brown picks it up and scores. Mm. Like in these situations, you do it all this time, all through training camp and through all these practices for those moments. If Mike doesn't pick, we're on, he's on the three-yard line when he scoops that. If he boots it or kicks the ball, it goes out of bounds, we get a touchback. Mm. <laughs> you know, like yep. it's like, man, like we, we get nothing from that if you just boot it and kick it out of bounds. So – like that's or kick it through the end zone. Like that stuff, it plays a huge part, but you don't know it until it bites you in the butt. Mm-hmm. So Coach Smith, was, we, a lot of players just were really like tired of hearing it, but we understood it. Mm-hmm. Every day was pick it up, pick it up. It's a fumble, it's a fumble, it's a fumble. Run to the ball. If you don't run, you got to come off the field. Mm-hmm. That's, that was the mentality. We're here on the No Name Football Podcast with our former teammate, Alex Brown, who obviously has matured greatly. He mentioned Mark Anderson. <laughs> gave him a shout-out. No, yeah, listen, no. I almost fell off the table when he said, you can't, that's a long, that's my guy, A.B. Yeah, you can tell when a guy turns into a dad. You know what I mean? Like, he's softened a little bit. Those edges have softened. Oh, man, no. A.B., obviously, you guys had great leadership on that side of the ball. You mentioned Erlacher yourself. Uh, Pina Tillman, Lance Briggs, Adewale Agunle. I mean, you can go on. Mike Brown, uh, you can go on and on and on. Obviously, we all know that you're just giving Erlacher that credit. You were the main cog in that 2005-2006 defense. We all know that. <laughs> 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 hey, one more quarter. Listen, one more quarter in 2005 thought that I was defensive player of the year, and I will always hold that over Erlacher. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, A.B., um, real quick, man, I I know we got you for a long time here already, but uh, wondering what you thought about. I know you were on a few podcasts, the Under Center podcast on NBC Sports, but what did you think about when the Chicago Bears, Ryan Pose and uh, Coach Eberflus decided to move on from Khalil Mack? I knew it had to happen. Um, 
something had to happen. You got two guys vying for the same position, in my opinion. I thought um, you got Robert Quinn there. He just came off a record-breaking year in sacks, breaking the sack record for the Bears. And I don't believe we'll ever see the 2018 Khalil Mack who takes on three guys, body slams two of them, posts the other one back to the quarterback and sacks the quarterback. So you're not going to see that. So I think they're both right defensive ends in a 4-3. So you got to get rid of one of them. I think you have to find a defensive end that can play that left side and that's okay with double teams and that are really good with his hands, getting his hands on the tight end, holding that point. Like, that was Wale. Wale was really, really good at that, and I wasn't. <laughs> that was something I had to work on a lot. But I thought I was good at getting off the rock and just trying to get pressure on a quarterback up the field. Quinn, it's hard to remove Quinn when he just came off 18 and a half, 18 and a half sacks. It's hard to remove him from there. Um, but Khalil Mack playing that left side, yeah, I, one of them had to go. And whichever one you're going to get a bet value for, then, yeah, it, it happens. Like, I wasn't too shook up. I mean, because, hell, I'm still fourth all the time on the sack list at the Bears. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> My God. <laughs> so, yeah, I think one of them had to happen. And um, I think there will be – I, I felt like after that, there was going to be some more moves. And guys just – when you run from a 3-4, when you go from a 3-4 to a 4-3, there's going to be change, mm-hmm. right? Just like it was back when we went, when we moved from Lovey's defense and we started to implement that that 3-4 scheme. Well, some of these lighter, smaller players, they got to go. They're just not big enough to play a one, one-and-a-half gap type defense. Mm-hmm. It is, you go from a one, like very few guys can make that, um, make that, uh, that switch, so... Yeah, we'll see some guys leave, and hopefully the guys they bring in. Um, I think they you can get a really good player from a second-round pick um, that can come in and help you right away. So hopefully they're doing their due diligence and they're, they're scouting these guys and getting the right guys that fit the system, not necessarily a name or a big name. I need players. I need football players, not necessarily the big name. And I had a couple buddies um, text me after the Bears um, – uh, after we saw it, they had signed Ogan Jovi. Like, well, who the hell is Ogan Jovi? Like, man, listen, I need football players. Look mm-hmm. at him. He is a yeah. football player. Like, the kid can play football now, mm-hmm. and but they didn't know the name. So right. I don't I don't care about names. I don't care about the name on the back of the jersey. I care about production, and that's what we're going to need. We're going to need, in this 4-3, we're going to need guys that can beat one-on-one blocking. A lot last year we saw guys one-on-one blocking, and they were getting beat. Uh, and Olin, we sat in that room. We sit in that green room a lot, and we're talking about who are we seeing run to the football? And mm-hmm. that's Quinn. We see on that defensive line, it was mainly Quinn that was turning mm-hmm. and running. That's going to have to be an everyday, an everyday thing for all of them. <laughs> he, How that guy's play. a freak athlete, yeah. man. He really is fun yeah. to watch. He's he fun is. to watch, man. Yeah, he is, man. Yeah, I wish. I, I hope. Um, I, I mean, I hope he gets. I hope he goes and gets another eighteen. But I'm, I mean, it'll just drop me to fifth. You know, he's been here what? Yeah. <laughs> 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 he already got me. <laughs> AB, one last question, man. One last question. You kind of segue to it a little bit. Um, gonna give you the keys 
to the building, right? You're the new GM. Mm-hmm. All right. We know the yep. Bears, they got two picks in the second round. They got the number 39 overall pick. What position are you drafting first? I, I mean, the, the center. The, the company answer. <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I can get a really, I can get a really, really Hall of Fame type center in the center. You know. Oh, get out of here, man! <laughs> <laughs> That's messed up, man. <laughs> what, I do, uh, what I would do, I probably um look at I, I'm looking at receivers. I think we need a we need a playmaker at receiver. Um, give him the line. Give him the line, AB. Give give him what we need. What we need. Tell him. Yes, we we need a corner. And but I, because we have two second round picks now, it is possible now that if that player that you really want, like what happened last year with uh, Justin Fields, mm-hmm. we didn't think he was going to be there um, at twelve to give us an opportunity to move up to get him. So if a player that you have high on your board is there at 11, 12, 13, something like that, you can package those two second-round picks to move up to get that that big-time guy that you really want. So that is now an option. So um, the I guess the the company line would be, well, whoever's available. I don't know who's going to be available. I'm not mm-hmm. going to do that. I'm going to say give me a, give me a big-time receiver. Um, I, I need a left tackle, so I'm hoping Armstead is still out there. I'm hoping we can mm. solidify that with him. Mm. If we can get him, then we have to worry about the offensive line, in my opinion. I, I think mm. um, you we can make we can get a we can get something later in the draft uh, to hopefully help fill that that void with Daniels leaving. But give me that left tackle. But I need a big time offensive um, receiver or a wide receiver, and then give me a, a, a corner that can play if you don't believe you have a guy on the roster already. So that's why I would be looking first and foremost. But if that big-time player falls like it happened last year with Justin Fields, I wouldn't shy away from packaging those two picks to move up into that 12 to 15 range to see if I can snag a guy that's possibly a top five um, talent just for some reason he's fallen in the draft. Alex, man, we were looking for we're 88 for the out the gate, we're man. For the 88, 88 baby. out the gate. We got we we had t shirts ready. We set you up, and you see it. Hey, I threw the hey, hoop for it. So be like, Dad, you totally missed right there. That's a strikeout. Dom called you out. Hey, um, Alex, real fast before we let you go, man. Uh, Larry Ogunjobi fails his physical. Couple, any thoughts on that? Um. Yeah, that sucks. I mean, yeah. you got you got Eddie. Um, not Eddie. Um, you got Bilal Nichols. He's already gone. He's already gone mm-hmm. to the Raiders. Um, I don't think he's actually signed yet, but it's um, rumored that he's going to sign with the Raiders. Uh, maybe you reach out to his agent again. But I know they, they got a Justin Jones, um, mm-hmm. third-round pick out of NC State uh, a few years ago. But I don't know if that's – and I don't want to label the guy right now, but just looking at his four years in the NFL, mm-hmm. he, he has four and a half sacks his whole career. And he got three of them last year. So – I. I need him. I got to look at see if he got pressure on the quarterback or something because I know it's not all about sacks, but I need him to be able to get to the quarterback at that position if that's what we're trying to feel, that three technique. Let's remember, um, Coach Smith came in here. His first pick that he ever made was Tommy Harris because he knew you have to have that position in this defense. Mm-hmm. So, and then he doubled up on it and got Tate Johnson right after it. Man, so man. This, this position is super important 
that three technique, you have to. Have. <laughs> hey, AB, I gotta cut you off, man. Hey, listen, what was the D line room like with Tank, uh, oh Tank, and Tommy together as rookies? Man. Oh my goodness, it, man! Oh my god, insane, uh, man! Listen, <laughs> listen, insane. You got man. two young guys coming from one, one from Washington, the other one came oh from Oklahoma, goodness. and they both think like they both are like Tommy is. Well, I should have been drafted higher. Tank is like. Why the hell they pick him over me? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, oh my Man. god! Like these boys, like, they were ready and hungry. What did Tommy say with that? Uh, he had the, the rose glasses on on that lazy boy. He's like, tell him so the num- this number is coming. Oh, get out of here, man! Uh, what a player he was, though, man. We have some guys. Alex, man, we can't thank you enough, man. I, I know you gave us more, more enough time, man. We always enjoy having you on. Uh, thanks for joining us on the No Name Football Podcast. No problem. Anytime, baby. All right, brother. Love you, AB. Love y'all too, man. All right, baby. Hey, guys. It's Olin Cruz, and I want to tell you about Tequila Embajador, the official tequila of the No Name Podcast. Whether it's celebrating a big win or just kicking back after work, adding tequila in Bajador takes every gathering to the next level. The care, quality, and patience put into each and every bottle of tequila in Bajador can be tasted from the first sip to the last. And it's why we're honored to call them our teammates. Go to their website, EmbajadorTequila.com, and use the code Kick off 10 and receive your discount on your next purchase of Tequila Embajador, the official tequila of the No Name Podcast. Well, that does it for our show today on the No Name Football Podcast. We thank all of our listeners for listening and supporting us on all the social media platforms. Make sure you download our podcast. We're on all the platforms, Spotify, iTunes, whatever your choices. Make sure you download it. Make sure you tell your friends and family. Give us a rating if you like. Hopefully, it's a five-star rating. But if not, give us a rating anyway. Uh, we liked your uh, feedback and criticism, that uh, things we can improve on upon our show. But before we go, as usual... Man, I want to suit up right now. In the words of the great Mike Brown, you guys keep making plays in life, and we'll keep making these great podcasts for you. We're out, and we'll see you next time, Chicago. Take care. God bless. Mahalo.